hopefully we're doing what the Lord wants us to do. Amen. Uh, but Happy New Year. I haven't seen you guys in a way and in a while. And so uh, I'm, I'm always happy, you know, uh, when it's the new year. Hallelujah. Uh, because we're coming right off of the celebration of the first advent. Christ comes as a babe and, you know, the whole nativity story. Amen. And uh, we want to look ahead to when he's coming back again. But sandwiched right in between those two events is the passing of the new year, celebrating, putting off the old and taking on the new. And how many of you know we serve a God who's all about newness? Amen. Okay, I, I read that somewhere where it says the old things have passed away and all things have been made new. So when we say Happy New Year, as believers, it should have a significance associated with that. Um, today's message, I don't want to apologize for it because it's what the Lord gave me to share. But it will require some thinking. Amen. So I'm praying that you all have your thinking caps on because usually when you run up on Paul, he, he's not just trying to reach out to us spiritually, but he's trying to make sure that he lays some solid foundation, uh, theological doctrine. And it's been my experience in over three decades in the church. The majority of folks know what they believe, but they don't always know why they believe it. Have you ever run into that phenomenon? Okay, and we're, when we're ministering to people that don't know God at all, it's important to get the facts right, okay? How can you serve a God that you don't know uh, or know of? And so, again, we've, we've got to start with uh, this concept of newness, and it's going to be heavy lifting, but I guarantee you it'll be edifying for you and glorifying to God if you stay awake and pay attention, that's all I'm going to ask you to do. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit have his way. We just sang about it. Didn't we, didn't we say that, Lord, have your way? Okay, so all I know about God is he wants me to know all about him. Amen? Okay, so the scripture text uh, that he gave me is found in Romans. Um, I don't know what translation you have. If this agrees with you, then read with me. If it doesn't agree with this translation, then read along silently, amen, because we don't want confusion. But Romans 12, Paul is writing the church in Rome, a very diverse group of individuals, much like city life is. And this is what he says to them. Therefore, I urge you, who? Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I'm living and a sacrifice. We'll unpack that. Holy and pleasing to God. Why? Because this is your true and proper worship. Okay? It involves all that. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Uh-oh. But be transformed by the, there it is, renewing of your mind. Then, and I'm going to, and only then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen? We all on the same page? Okay, so I said what we're going to talk about, and then I showed you 
that the Bible is encouraging us to have that conversation. Amen? Okay, I, I, I promise it won't hurt much. Okay, I didn't say not at all, but it won't hurt much. All right? Um, the Bible is a book and a record, a, a holy testament that is filled with some themes, okay? I, I love our theme, the sermon series, God Breathe. As a Pentecostal, that's the street I live on. Uh, I, I got God in everything, God in my tea, God in my coffee, God in my household. God rides to work with me. He, he, he's in my office all day long. I know he's there because that's the only way I'm able to stay. I know that's a fact right there, okay? But, but the record wants us to be familiar with some themes that are at work in our faith walk. The first thing is the Bible describes some very interesting contrast. Right in the very first chapter, we're, com we're contrasted with the will of God versus the will of humanity. Everything goes great for two chapters. And then for the rest of the 66 books, something's going on. Amen? And it's because the contrast between God's will, which I just read to you, and our will diverges. Amen? Doesn't take Adam and Eve long to get into trouble because they, they listen to somebody other than God. So make note of that. It, it contrasts sovereignty with dominion, okay? We're hirelings, okay? God, God is sovereign. Everything belongs to him, even you and I. But he's given us wheels that are given to dominion. And if I was going to 21st centurize that, centurize, hey, that's a new verb. I like that. If I was going to 21st centurize that thought process, is that we're middle management. Amen? I know you're in charge of some stuff, but you're not in charge of everything. All right? A lot of people get into trouble trying to be in charge of stuff. The Lord had not put them in charge of. I'm constantly running into people that want to tell me what God's will is for my life. You know, the Lord's will for your life, and you should do that. No shortage of people want to boss me around. But what they fail to realize is I already got a boss. I already got supervision. I've already got direction, and it comes from the word and the will of God. Now, I'm not dismissing people that come to me with wise counsel because God puts people in our lives to make sure we get the message, to, to check ourselves, amen? We should all have accountability partners. And if you're not, if you're not in an accountability network and don't have an uh, accountability partner, I want to encourage you to get in one. Because you don't want to be solely responsible for you. I know that sounds like a good idea. But here's what happens when you're the sole arbiter of your faith walk. When something goes wrong, guess whose fault that is? Mmm. Okay? And God holds us accountable whether we want to be or not. So it's just a good idea to get on God's page and become accountable. But that's the difference between sovereignty and dominion. It's an important distinction. Here's another contrast. Master and servant. Guess which one you are? Hallelujah. But, but sometimes in the day-to-day -day of our situation, 
we elevate ourselves to a place we ought not be. Okay? The Holy Ghost has a hard time leading and directing us when we have our butts in his seat. Mm -mm, no, he didn't. Okay? But, but, but we got to be very careful about putting ourselves in some situations and some responsibilities that we're not qualified to direct. The Bible says that the steps of the good are ordered by the Lord. That sounds like he's the boss, okay? But our free will messes us up. And, and like, uh, like a lot of folks, we think God is running a cosmic Burger King where we get to just have it our way. Let me straighten you out on that right now. God, God is concerned about your thinking, but, but you're not running the show, okay? Man, he's beating us up really bad. Do the heavy lifting. There's a contrast between male and female. How many of you knew that? Amen. Every, every hand in this room should have went up. <laughs> I, I appreciate that my wife is not me. I do, okay? She, she's the CFO, okay? I'm the COO. Guess who the CEO is? Oh, hallelujah, y'all on my page, okay? But I appreciate she can count. That's why we have money in the bank, okay? I spend every blessed cent I get my hands on. And I appreciate that God have not made us the same. It, it gets kind of difficult with reproduction if we was the same, amen? And, and through our union, we've got children and a lot of grandchildren. And last year, we ran into our first greats, great-grandchildren. I'm going, Lord, when did I get that old? But, but contrasts are not necessarily a good or a bad thing, not when they all work in concert to achieve God's purpose, okay? So thinking on our theme, God breathes, and we receive breath, okay? It's his breath in our lungs. You just sung it, and you sung it, convinced me you believed it. Isn't that a great contrast? Because your breath is finite. God's isn't, okay? God can speak to inanimate and make it animate. I applaud that contrast. Amen? Amen. So remember, it's a place of contrast. How we handle the contrast takes us into one of two arenas. Okay? First arena is when we don't agree with God's will, we immediately move from contrast to conflict. Mm -mm -mm. You wonder why you're having all the trouble you're having in your life? It may be that you're insisting on having your own will, which is sometimes apart and astray from God's will. Okay? Nobody wakes up in the morning saying, today I think I'll defy God. And if that is the way you wake up, I want you to immediately change that because that's the guaranteed recipe for messing up. Your opening prayer ought to be something along the lines of, Lord, I turn my will over to you. For me, that usually lasts till break time or till I get to the first 
person trying to tell me what I should and should not be doing when I know I've got orders from my boss that don't sound anything like what they've just described. But, but when we fail to navigate and manage the contrast appropriately, we end up in this place of conflict where we are unable to reconcile ourselves to what we should and should not do. That's Adam and Eve's problem. When the serpent pops up on the scene and says, have you considered this idea? They entertain it just long enough for it to impact all the rest of us. And think about it like this. They are in perfection and mess up. What does that say to us who are heavily involved and engaged in imperfection? And can we really trust the thought of our minds to be in concert with the will of God. And so again, I just described to you the creation narrative, Genesis, and all the subsequent books that testify to a res resistance on our part to cooperate with the will of God. The biggest thing that leads us into conflict is that we, we try to discern the world through our perception of it. And I'm going to suggest to us today that until you start seeing things God's way, you lock yourself out of some valuable resources. We, we try to pat ourselves on the back about how much we discern. The fact that you have a right thought in your head at all is because God put it there. Oh, man, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. But it is the product of a fallen and a broken mind it's fallen and broken behavior. You can intend all day and never get to it because you have an enemy that steals God's thought away from you if you let him. Okay? What does the Bible say? Lean not to your own understanding. That's just not a clever thing to say. It's because you can't trust you. And I'm a big fan of me. I love me, but sometimes that get in the way of the God that loves me, and I need to renew my mind. I need to transform my thinking. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me this morning. It's all right. It's good. I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm going to say what God said to say. But again, a lot of the struggle in our life is self-created, self-generated. And then it's self-perpetuated. We don't always learn from our mistakes. If we did, we couldn't keep, we wouldn't keep making them. I, I remember when I was coming off of one of them binges. Y'all don't know nothing about this, y'all. But, but I come off of a binge and I wake up the next morning covered in stuff that didn't look really good. And I swear. I, I put my mind to it that I'll never drink again. And then I'll run into somebody and say, you know the best cure for that is the hair of the dog that bit you. Do you hear the illogic of that suggestion? The thing that makes me ill, I'm going to take more of it to get better. That's the trap of addiction. And that's the trap of every affliction. 
Sin feels good. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. And then there's some among us that even if it's stung every time, which it does, we still do it. Oh, man. Why they invite that guy? But that's the way of the world, okay? Lean not to your own understanding. And here's what God promises you. I will direct your path. You ain't going to get a better deal than that. All the people that want to join you in commiserating are in the same boat. That's why they can't rescue you. I got my own problems, honey. Child, child, I got my own stuff to deal with. But God don't have stuff. He don't got luggage he got to give over. He's already holy. The whole book of Romans is about God's righteousness. So let me straighten that out for you. You don't have much righteousness in you. Oh, man. I know that hurts somebody's feelings. And, and the little bit you got, you didn't get it from you. Oh, man. This guy won't stop. But, but, but I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand that you should appreciate the small bit that you got. And that ought to make you hungry and thirsty for more. But you can't get more till you increase your capacity to discern the will of God. And then utilize the resource of the Holy Spirit to make sure that you stay faithful to the commitment. Wow. Tall order. So conflict, that's one arena. Here's the desired outcome of observing contrast. You should move to a place of compliance. Contrast ought to magnify and amplify our understanding and our comprehension that the only workable and appropriate response to the urging of the Holy Spirit is to yield our will and become servants and children of God. On your best day, all that God requires of you is to be a servant and his child. That's all. Now, there's other things that you pursue. I mean, God's not impressed with my academic credentials. As a matter of fact, most days my intellect gets in my way. And I'm tempted to lean to my own understanding, which alienates me from the will of God. The very thing he's trying to bring me into. Got to be careful with that. Some of us are gifted musicians. Some of us are gifted listeners. Understand that that small modicum of service comes from God. And it should be fully utilized for his purposes. Man, oh man. This text today and others that should frame our thinking. Because the Bible says, whatsoever a man thinketh or woman thinketh, that's what we do. Isn't it? Isn't it? Y'all going to talk to me? I'm not going to move till you do. <laughs> you wonder why sermons take so long? I'm waiting on the answer. Okay. But to do faithful service to the kingdom of God, we got to understand that he is not just Savior, but he is Lord. Everybody likes to jump up and down about how God pulled me out the pit. God delivered me from this. Hallelujah. 
but still won't make him Lord of their life. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, he's our Lord. He's our Lord. He's our Lord. If he is, then why are you still living like he's not? Moving on. In the text today, we are immediately presented with yet another contrast. What is it? Paul says, be not conformed to this world. Why? Because it's on its way to hell. Now, I'm going to cut through the chase, okay? I know my hermeneutic is foreign to you, but, but that's the bottom line. When you act like the rest of the world, you enjoy the consequences and the eternal outcome of being identified with that group. There's no other way to say that, okay? People ask me, why? well, you, God rescued you from the dope house. Why, why aren't you at the dope house trying to bring people out? Because that's my affliction. And I'm more apt to be drawn out than to draw people in. I leave it to the sober folk to go to the dope house. Then when they get them to the church, then I kick in. But I'm not going out 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and make myself susceptible to that. That's like telling me in my affinity for donuts that I can work at Krispy Kreme. I hope somebody listening today. I hope you got your thinking caps on. And so Paul says, be not conformed. Stop doing like heathens do unless you're a heathen, okay? Birds of a feather, okay, you know this stuff. And the contrast is I'm not conformed, then what? Then be transformed. This is why Jesus comes, because we, we can't save ourselves. But we've got to renew our thinking about this thing. We've got to let God be God and let everything else go, okay? My marriage works because Jesus lives at my house, okay? I'm able to go to work because I bring Jesus to my job, okay? I can stay on point if I keep Jesus Lord, and then he don't have to do so much saving. And you got to think about it like this. When you transgress and uh, purposely don't do God's will, you keep Christ on the cross. But when you let him be Lord, you can step into this, the glory of the resurrection, the power of the resurrection. That's a transformative event. Okay? Paul knows all about this. Remember, he's a big shot in the Sanhedrin. The, the ruling religious leaders. He, he calls himself chief of the Pharisees. He's, he's a long ball hitter. He got a big Bible and 517 rules to find you guilty of. And everything about him in his untransformed life is about being conformed. That we all get together, we wear the same outfits. 
Okay, we all say the same prayer. This is not a knock on the Jewish tradition because the law does have a purpose to remind us that we fall short of the glory of God. But then he's strolling down Damascus Road, breathing out threatenings to the church. And then God breathes, he go blind, and all of a sudden, his mind is transformed. <laughs> Ain't nothing like being stricken to get your attention. Okay, you wonder why some stuff happened? How'd I end up in the hospital? The Lord, he's been trying to get in touch with you. Okay? You, you, here's how the Lord gets at me. Two, three o'clock in the morning, wake up. Lord, it's the middle of the night. Yeah, I've been trying to get in touch with you all day. So I'm going to have my time. I've learned to try to give him as much attention in the day because I'm losing sleep. Okay? But Paul moves from being this head honcho to becoming a servant. And he recognized when his mind is transformed that I wasn't brought into the world to be a chief of the law, but an instrument of God's grace. And not just any servant. The Greek word for servant is doulos. In the old days, these had these long ships, and they had people chained sometimes in position to move this motor along. That, that was the motor. Maybe they made a little noise with your mouth. But you rowing. And they don't get bathroom breaks. Okay? They go right where they are. So there's a level of servant that rolls the boat. But there's another level of servant that cleans up the mess. And Paul says, this is the kind of servant I want to be. This is what touched my heart when I first came to City Life. I said, I've been looking for my peeps. They're there. They're at City Life. Okay? That, that, that's where I was. And the Lord said, hey, how about, how about coming down here and rubbing shoulders with who you used to be, reminding yourself of what you were, and sharing with folks how to get where you are. And it ain't all that. I'm going to tell y'all that right now. But it's better than it was. I'm just saying. Paul breathes out threats. God breathes in mercy. In chapter 7, there's two schools of thought. Paul, Paul's wrestling with a dilemma. He says, he said, the things I ought to do, that, that, that's, yeah, you won't catch me doing that stuff. And if you do, it's an accident, okay? And they said, now, things that I ought not do, I'm first in line, okay? I'm looking for opportunities to be conformed, okay? Now, one school of thought says, well, Paul's describing his pre-conversion activity. I don't believe that because I've been saved for almost 30 years, and I, I'm struggling every day, Okay? We're in 2023. You ought not be still struggling with 2022 issues. And the only thing that I conclude based on the text that we're examining today is you just haven't changed your mind. You may have made it up, but, but that's the land of intention. You know, I, I, I'm going to do better. Well, do better. 
Okay. I, I'm going to stop this. Stop. Okay. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start attending worship more regular. We'll be glad to see you. All right. But you, this is a good time to say, well, the calendar made me do it. You close. It's the God of the calendar that facilitates that transition. And this theological shift is important because it takes us from arrogance, ignorance, and resistance into a place of submission so that we might end up where Paul does in obedience and compliance. That ought to be the goal of every believer anywhere in the world. What? To obey God and to comply with his will. It ain't easy. I get that. I struggle every day. When people cut me off in traffic, my first response is not drawing near to Jesus. My carnal mind wants to roll down the window and say something very unchristian. And I have to keep both hands on the wheel because somehow my mind wants to operate certain fingers. And I've got to resist conforming and move into a place called compliance with the will of God. God bless you. Hallelujah. I, I hope you get where you're going. Okay. I used to cut people off and feel like they ought to forgive me. But cutting me off, mm, I'm in somebody's business. As God's children, our plan and purpose should not be to do as others do, but what God wants us to do. And, and, and I, I, want, I, want to, I don't want to beat you up too much because you come by this naturally. Notice I said naturally. Okay. Our Western and 21st century school of thought is filled with bootstrap language. It, it, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. Okay. You, you can make a way out of no way if you put your mind to it. You can change your life. You change your income, okay? I was watching TV this morning before I went. I, I can change my situation by sending some guy a certain amount of money, and he's going to send me something that didn't cost him anything to produce. I, I, there was a church in Detroit that, that you can send them a, 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 a certain amount, and they'll send you the lottery numbers. I'm like, whoa, whoa. And people are doing it. Okay, God's going to bless you by remote control for the small price of 19. Didn't they get the word that the gospel is not for sale? And if it was, the price had already been paid. I remember a, a personality called Jesus who dies and said it's finished. And the bill had been satisfied. Some of us have not got that message yet. Okay. And while that does work in certain situations, I made up my mind to go back to school. But it worked because it was congruent with the will of God. He took care of me as an electrician, but he knew one day these knees would get weak, these eyes would get dim, my testosterone was going to go the way of most things. Okay, That's why I got this belly right here. 
okay? Because I intend to work out. <laughs> I'm just trying to get us to understand that we got to change our way of thinking about God and get on his page, not the other way around, okay? This thinking can confuse rather than clarify. We are not as others, the scriptures say, who have, not, have no hope. Why? Because our hope is in Christ. Okay? I, I, I'm not fearful of death. I'm not encouraging it. I'm not going to step out in the traffic and see, does he just let me bounce off a thing? But I'm not going to be paralyzed by the thought because I'm reminded that to be absent from this body is to be present with him. If I have changed my thinking, Lord, help us. This is why many of us in the room today have not been able to overcome our afflictions and proclivities because we have tried to do it through the insufficient ability of a made-up mind rather than turning it over to a loving Savior who operates in the power of his Holy Spirit. Somebody here today knows the struggle I speak of. You didn't want to be in the condition you found yourself in in certain places in life. And for the life of you, you couldn't get out. Much as you wanted to, you couldn't get out. Some of us are in some relationships that God didn't intend for us to be in. And then we keep wondering why it's so hard. Okay. We, we didn't check with God about who should we marry. We, we were led by this and this. All kind of crazy criteria. When God had you made already selected. I know Sister Evans was built for me because she's been putting up with me for 34 years. And I know that ain't an easy thing because I know me. I'm hard to deal with. But this is what she does. She puts the Lord on me. She prays for me. She lets him encourage her. And he encourages her by saying, I got him. I, I, I see everything he's doing. I got him. And she lives there. So this immediately suggests to us that there is something else other than a made-up mind to bring us into compliance with the will of God. The Bible says that the things of God can only be revealed to us by the Spirit of God. And we can only discern these things through that same Spirit. And that requires a renewing of our mind. Carnal discernment as the result of a fallen nature and intellect can only lead to more confusion, more chaos, contradiction, and our demise. Even in our right minds, more is required to come not just to a right conclusion, but a righteous one. That should be our goal. Lord, help me make the right decision. Lord, help me make the righteous decision. That's not, that's not our natural proclivity, which is why you have to have a supernatural renewing of your mind amen when you vacate the demons you got to repopulate that space with something else Re read the gospels 
The man loses the demon. Next thing he know, because he doesn't feel the space, seven more move in. I don't know about, about you, but, but when I vacate a demon in my life, I'm asking God to fill that space. So how about sending a holy angel right here to handle that space? Somebody that'll tell me no. That's what I need, more no's from God. Everybody come to church like, I want God to say yeah. God ain't going to co-sign everything you up to. Stop asking God to bless you at the casino. <laughs> Lord, I'm putting my whole check out there on faith. That's the prayer of a fool. Did I say that out loud, Adam? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You stop being broke, living by the coming away from that faith. Okay, I understand because I've tried all these things. So I'm speaking from my personal experience. So don't don't be mad with me. Sympathize. Live vicariously through my testimony. Amen. Okay, because I tried all this stuff. I thought I could get smarter. Getting smarter is not the same as getting wiser. Okay. <laughs> so the conclusion. Somebody say amen for the conclusion. <laughs> I never have a problem getting that amen. <laughs> and I even wore my big watch today. So what are we to take away? It starts with establishing a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have one, get one. When? Right now, right here. I ain't going to say you got to wait till Wednesday. Okay? God can do it right this minute. I'm going to offer prayer and give you an opportunity to step into relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? There you can go and tell him all about your struggle. Okay? But... And don't be embarrassed. Here's why. God already knows you jacked up. He already knows your life is sideways. He's been waiting for you to come to the understanding that you need to come to him. Thank you, Jesus, for not leaving me alone with my thoughts. Okay, I read that someplace. Because my thoughts are not his thoughts. Which leads me to my ways are not his ways. How about Jesus, you be in charge for a while? My odds increase dramatically when I turn it over to Jesus. Mm, 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 mm. Letting go of the world, Paul says, and letting God, Jesus, become the Lord and the love of your life. Why? Because in him we should live, move, and have our very being. God wants to take complete occupancy of this. He, he wants to transform this. Otherwise, you can't do the stuff he needs you to do. Okay? Love my enemy? I'm struggling with loving my neighbor. He drives over my grass. He crashes my fence. His dog does unspeakable things to my lawn. And I have property rights. I live in America. He needs to know that this is not his domicile. It's my castle. That's a right decision. 
but it's not going to be a righteous one. The righteous one is, you know, I still love you, man. You you persist in doing these things, but, but I'm trying to win you to the Lord, and maybe this stuff will go away. Maybe, maybe, okay? Allow the Holy Spirit to have his rightful place in your life as director and instructor, okay? It's hard to know God's will when you don't come to church. It's hard to understand his way when you don't submit to Bible study, okay? I had somebody tell me I graduated from Sunday school. You don't ever graduate from Sunday school. You just become part of a different class, okay? I'm in the 68-year-old class of Sunday school. You don't graduate, okay? Submitting to the Holy Scriptures, okay, it's not a TV guide. It's not a, a section of literature that's crafted for your entertainment. It's for your edification so that you might know the will of God and behave appropriately in response to that. Okay, a lot of questions come up in my life. Uh, I don't know the answers to, and I'm not going to fake it or fudge it. I'm going to take Ezekiel's, God goes to Ezekiel and say, hey, can these bones live? And I think the wisest answer in the whole Bible for any divine interrogative comes out of Ezekiel's mouth. He thinks about it for a minute, and he goes, Thou knowest. In other words, that's a hard question, Jesus. But some of us are fumbling and try to come up with the right answer. The righteous answer is, you know. And so I trust you to know, and I obey. Trust and obey. What a beautiful combination. Okay. Knowing like Job, who is the poster child for affliction, I know my Redeemer liveth. Submit to the Lord, resist the devil, and he must flee. You wonder why the devil's always on your trail? Because you have spent all your energy resisting and not an ounce of effort in submitting. It's not in Scripture randomly. It says submit first, then you got a shot at resisting, and then the devil must flee. I'm just trying to give you some pointers here. We need to know our appropriate place in kingdom, that we are servants and children. And through the promise of God, we are joint heirs with Christ, instruments of his peace in a fallen and broken world. Listen at Paul. I, Paul, a servant. Hear what I've described as what he means when he says servant. I come here and you know, people ask me, well, will you, will you be able to do this? Hey, that's a servant role, yeah. Okay. I've had every job in the church, from kitchen to sidewalk. Okay. This is part of being his servant. But there's no low job in kingdom. And we need to get over ourselves about that, okay? Do what the Lord have ascribed for you to do. Live in his will and according to his purpose. Okay, y'all ready to say uncle? <laughs> I know I beat you up pretty heavy, but I, it's important to lay that foundation because 
you'll fully appreciate the rest of the sermon series now when you see who God is and what he have done when we lay this theological framework. Amen? What, what are the three C's? Contrast. When you don't handle contrast appropriately, conflict. Come on, it ought to be like the ABCs. Contrast handled inappropriately lead to conflict. Handled appropriately, what's the third C? Compliance is a C. But you was on the right track. Okay. Contrast, we live in them all the time. And they either lead to conflict or compliance. My prayer for you as a client is compliance. You may be here today and you're saying, I don't have this relationship with Jesus Christ. Honey, you at the right place at the right time. Okay, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to get out your seats. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and have a conversation with Jesus right now. Simple as that. Okay, And what you're going to say to him, he already knows. But let him know that you're willing to submit your will to his will. What does it look like, Lord? First, I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of a Savior. And I'm asking you to save me and transform my mind so that I can comprehend the service that you would have me render. I want you to become Lord and love of my life. And you're not asking him anything that he isn't already prepared to give you. He has promised that. That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. If that's been your prayer and you meant it, you're saved. Hallelujah. You're saved. My worst day saved was better than my best day as a heathen. Amen. 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 Well, y'all don't act like y'all glad y'all saved. I'm, I'm glad. I'm saved. Woo. Go sit down, Reverend. <laughs>